from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. It's the end of the world as we know it. Hi, I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And welcome to Apocalypse Tossed Corn. Yes. The podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 worst experiences of my life. This podcast is a safe space. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> For people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Apocalypse <gasps> Now. <laughs> Number 30 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this horrific old film. Oh, oh, the horror. The horror. <laughs> the horror. Content warning. We'll be talking about the Vietnam War, violence, brutality, mutilation, crimes against the old humanity. It... Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't, it was, it really wasn't even like a movie at all. No. It ended and I've been going, uh, for hours and now I'm here. <laughs> a full day mm-hmm. of, uh. um, I watched this movie yesterday morning before work and I've never shown up to work with no makeup on before, <laughs> but I just couldn't do it. I was a shell of my former self by the time this movie was over. 
Well, Sienna, I would love to hear your prediction. Did you know about this movie going into it? Um, I think my prediction will actually be pretty okay. informative. Good morning, Liana. Oh, Vienna. Pretty sure that that's the quote, the quote from this movie. So I'm about to watch Apocalypse okay. Now. It's, it's not, actually. <laughs> so I think this movie is going to be like a very war movie, like warlord vibes. Somebody might like, like chomp into a piece of like raw heart or something. I think it's going to be that kind of thing. I think that's Tropic Thunder. Um, and like maybe a guy will like pee on something. I don't know what they do in war. This is <laughs> Vietnam. It's going to be such a freaking mess. Yeah. And I think Martin Sheen will have a heart attack. <gasps> okay. Bye. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> to shark some of my historical context and put it in your prediction. I'm so sorry. Twist the knife. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> So those things didn't happen, but you see what I was kind of envisioning, and I don't think it was that far off for um, the half of the movie that was that. <laughs> Sienna, here is my prediction <laughs> for Apocalypse yesterday when I watched this. Oh, God. Hi, it's me. I'm about to watch Apocalypse now. Why? are we doing this podcast? Why are we doing this for ourselves? I know about this movie because I had to read the fucking book in high school oh. by Joseph Conrad. And now I'm going to have to Google Belgium fucking things up in the Congo. Oh my God. I know this movie is about Vietnam and I know that throughout the entire two and a half hours of it, I'm going to be that meme of that guy going, bro, I'm straight up not having a good time. <laughs> Love you. Bye. <laughs> This sucked so much. <laughs> this was awful. Possibly the worst one on the list. And we've seen some absolute doozies. How, Sienna, because I don't know how I would do this. I don't, I don't think I would even try. How would you summarize Apocalypse Now? Okay. Apocalypse Now. During the Vietnam War, Charlie Sheen's dad is sent to track down Marlon Brando, a military guy who has gone AWOL and become, like, a cult leader. Mm. It's based on Heart of Darkness, which hopefully we'll hear about from Liana. Mm -hmm. There's lots of scenes of the, the Vietnam War happening, of these men doing horrible things and being frightened of the people around them and shooting, shooting a lot of people. Yeah. I know we are like idiots. Mm -hmm. I know I am quite dumb about film. I still found myself being quite shocked throughout this because I was like, man, every scene is a war. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there would be some sort of reprieve, but somebody gets like brutalized in every scene of the movie. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Which, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> that is such... A perfect way to sum up so much of the experience of this film where you're like, oh, God, I like, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> yep. It was really, really the worst <laughs> time. They're you're it, not wrong. It feels bad. I'm not happy to be here. But That's, and we'll get into it. But what makes me mad is that I did feel that way. And then they got to the fucking end. And I was like, this no, no, was no. all stupid. That, the ending. Okay. I know this is based on a book. I know this is based on a war. Liana, <laughs> can you please inform us? 
based on a war. Can you please inform us, Liana, about <laughs> some of the historical context? Honestly, I'll try. <laughs> Bonsoir, everybody. <laughs> uh, welcome to... <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> welcome to the historical context for Apocalypse Meow. <laughs> The 1979 trash fire <laughs> that is seared into my eyeballs for at least a week. <laughs> this film is based on the 1898 novella Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. Heart of Darkness is set in the Congo, mm-hmm. which was colonized by Belgium. Right. A sailor named Marlowe journeys up the Congo River to find a man named Kurtz. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. One of the like writers or directors of Apocalypse Now is like, it's like an it's based on <laughs> it's like an allegory of the novel. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> it's that because Kurtz has established himself as a god mm-hmm. in this region of the Congo that he has taken over. He goes on brutal raids of surrounding territory in search of ivory and severed heads surround his residence to intimidate other people. Mm. Kurtz at the end of it. I did not see most of the end of this film, so I'm not 100% sure how um. <laughs> this compares. <laughs> but Kurtz, at the end of the novel, novella, is very ill. They bring him aboard the steamer, which is the ship that they're on that goes down the Congo River. And they see, like, his papers that he's written, and he's scrawled, exterminate all the brutes, which I know is in Marlon Brando's book at the uh. end of the movie. Oh. And also, his last words are, like the that. horror, the horror, and he dies. Okay. So all of that is ripped right from the novella. Belgian control of the Congo. In 1885, King Leopold II, who sucked, just we should all know that, brutally seizes a massive swath of land in Central Africa, it's like 770,000 square miles, and establishes the, quote, Congo Free State, which Leopold II privately owns. So rather than it being a colony that belongs to the country of Belgium, Mm. the king of Belgium privately owns that land. So within this region, the people of the Congo were forced to cultivate rubber and ivory to personally enrich Leopold. So again, because he owned the land, (laughs) all of the goods that were mined through slave labor went to like his personal enrichment rather than like the country or the bank, you know? (laughs) So he can be like, I'm not charging this all to my LLC. This is just my personal account. Thank you. Yeah. To put it in businesswoman terms, (laughs) he was girl bossing his way through genocide. It is estimated that around half of the Congolese population died from punishment and malnutrition during this time. And one estimate puts the number of deaths at 10 million people. Oh, my God. Holy shit. I know. There were some Congolese rebellions, which were then like very brutally quashed by the white Belgians occupying the land. And it got so bad that there were European protests about... This occupation of the Congo Free State, which is like other colonizers were like, this is like a bit much. By 1908, international pressure forced Leopold II to turn the Congo Free State over to the country of Belgium. Mm. So it's not like better. <laughs> like It's not good. He just moved it to his LLC. He was just like, OK, well, we'll just make it a colony. <laughs> In 1909, Leopold II dies, and he was buried to the sound of Belgians booing. (laughs) (laughs) He was hated by that point because of all of the atrocities. That's so funny. I know. Boo! 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 (laughs) They're lowering you into the grave. They're not even cheering. No! They hate you so much that they're like, boo! They've surpassed being happy or dead, and they're like all the way back to being mad that you ever existed. Yeah. 
The Belgian Congo remained a colony until the Democratic Republic of the Congo gained its independence in 1960. So this was like 75 years of being occupied by Belgium. Oh, wow. What's sad is that (laughs) the sad part. (laughs) (laughs) So there's all that. But what's sad is that in 1909, Leopold died. But over time in Belgium... People became a bit like nostalgic for King Leopold. Oh. Like they started to look back on that time period with more like rose-colored glasses, mm. and so the visceral dislike and disapproval of him softened so much so that there are like statues of him scattered around the country. Oh wow! And in 2020, during the Black Lives Matter protests in Belgium, Belgians called for statues of Leopold II to be removed and for Belgium's brutal colonial past to be reckoned with. Interesting. The Vietnam War. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sort of a parallel here is that Vietnam had been under French colonial rule Uh since also the 1800s. And the Vietnam War was from 1955 to 1975. It's also known as the Second Indochina War. Indochine is what France called Vietnam when it was like its colony. Mm. Officially, it was fought between North Vietnam and South Vietnam. I literally like ran out of bandwidth to Google the Vietnam War more because I know there's so much history behind it and I got <laughs> stressed. But I think we've talked about the Vietnam War on a previous episode. I think in our graduate episode, yes. we discussed it a bit. Thank you. Okay, yeah. There's a bit of a timeline about the Vietnam War in our episode on the graduate. The Vietnam War ended in 1975. Apocalypse Now came out in 1979, so four years after the war had ended. That's shocking. Its world premiere was in May of 1979 at Cannes Film Festival. Francis Ford Coppola, the director of the film, compared the filming to America's role in the Vietnam War, saying, quote, We were in the jungle. There were too many of us. We had access to too much money, too much equipment. And little by little, we went insane. Oh, my God. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I'm a little confused, but fair enough. They filmed in the Philippines. Two months after filming began, a typhoon hit and oh. they had to take a three month hiatus. Very cursed. What? Martin Sheen had a heart attack a year into filming. And Coppola felt so guilty about that that he then had an epileptic seizure. (gasps) Crazy. Marlon Brando and Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper plays the Banooners journalist, photojournalist guy who's so annoying. Brando refused to be on set with Hopper, which they have scenes together. (laughs) So that made it very difficult to film those. (laughs) That's why he's yelling at him across a room. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Brando didn't read Heart of Darkness. (laughs) Francis Ford Coppola in some interview about it was like I didn't really write a script like I more just carried Heart of Darkness with me around while on set and was like okay (laughs) we're gonna say this now Brando also like refused to learn his lines Coppola had to read them to him and at one point Brando was like let me just improvise and you can just use that this makes me so mad (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then we have to watch this? Mm -hmm. We're forced to watch this bullshit that just a bunch of dudes came up with coked up in the jungle? (laughs) Speaking of coked up. Oh. Dennis Hopper literally requested an ounce of cocaine for the filming. One of the people hiring was like, what can we do to get you to be in this film? And he was like, one ounce of cocaine, please. And then he was on coke while filming the role. There's nothing that has ever been so clear. Yeah. (laughs) That photojournalist is 100% on cocaine. The helicopters used in filming were frequently recalled by the Philippine government because they had to use them in actual conflict (laughs) to the south. (laughs) And so they had to 
repaint the helicopters from American helicopter color. I don't know what that is to like Filipino helicopter color. They had to repaint them like twice a day. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, they needed to use them like all the time. Finally, I think we learned this in our Ridiculous History episode. There were actual dead bodies used on the set in the temple. That's so disgusting. They were cadavers supplied by a grave robber. But the bodies that you see in the film are not those same cadavers because the police found out and were like, oh, excuse me, where are these from? How did you get these? Was it murder? And the filmmakers had to be like, no, we just like fully did not vet the guy who provided us with dead bodies. So they carted those away somewhere and instead used extras to play the corpses that are strewn about. But there were actual dead rats on the set. Oh, my God. And this is where I hit a wall and could not bring myself to Google a single another thing about Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay. Well, the good thing about this is that you've supplied us with enough that I feel so much better about trashing this movie now. Yeah, 100%. It was not good. Like, this wasn't a film. It wasn't a movie. And you know why? It makes sense now. It's because it was just like an improv project. (laughs) This is like some guy in college with you who's like, yeah, I just sort of just like went to this pretty set and then made it up i read that the writer of it decided to make this project because when he was in film school his professor was like no one has ever done a successful adaptation of heart of darkness i'm gonna cry (laughs) i'm gonna cry right now the fact that this is on the freaking list Mm -hmm. just a bunch of dudes who weren't prepared yeah and yet get celebrated for decades (laughs) good ad break coming up We'll be right back. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. 
We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. I'm seeing one of your earliest notes is Martin Sheen side peen. <laughs> So this is why I'm glad we've, like, revealed the fact that this movie is stupid. Because <laughs> that's one that I felt a little guilty for writing. You just know that he's not doing well because he's very drunk and punches a mirror. Yeah. And then, like, blood yeah. runs down his fist. And then two men bang on his door. Mm-hmm. And they're like, time to shower. We gotta we gotta go. Yeah. And I think we caught a glimpse of side peen when he was falling to the ground. But I couldn't be sure. But I had to write it down. Yeah. Because it rhymes with his name. Martin Sheen, side peen. Did you know Martin Sheen at all? Had you seen him? Not personally. Before? I... Bet I have, and I, because just today I had to watch a thing from the West Wing, and it said Martin Sheen, and I was like, that guy is oh, the yeah. same guy? He is in it. Mm-hmm. As previous Martin Sheen from the war? Yeah. I I imagine probably I've seen him in stuff, but have not retained any of it. Yeah. I don't think he does stuff that's exactly my <laughs> style. He's in like a lot of Irish stuff, I think. What? <laughs> but is it like The Irishman? By Scorsese? No, he's actually a very sweet little actor. Is he Irish? Maybe I'm wrong about this. I thought he was in this, the movie Da. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I think of him as sort of like a sweet old man type. Yeah. Oh, he's in Grace and Frankie also. He just plays like, mm. I've mostly seen him with white hair. He seems very gentle these days. Yes. Yeah. And for some reason, when I, I don't know, I didn't think about it hard enough. I 100% thought we were going to be getting like a white haired <laughs> Martin Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, the Vietnam War, but then the very gentle old man with fluffy, fluffy white hair. And I knew he like punched something, so I was like, "Oh, it's going to be weird." And also, I knew uh, he had a heart attack, which made more sense to me than, when he wasn't yeah. like thirty-five or however old he right. is in real life. Right. But anyway, I was very shocked to see him like this. So yes, the he's scooped up. He's brought to like who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> he's brought somewhere where Harrison Ford is being hot. You like him with the glasses? Yeah. <laughs> Booyah. He's hot in that whole decade. He's hot in Star Wars. He's hot in this. He's hot in Indiana Jones. Yeah. I mean, he was on his real hot girl shit during that time period. I have a fun fact about this movie. Okay. Apparently, Harrison Ford got to choose his own character's name mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. And he chose G. Lucas in honor of George Lucas. 
Did you know George Lucas was originally supposed to direct this film? And he wanted to direct it during the Vietnam War in Vietnam. (laughs) You have written an absolutely insane hat. And I believe that applies actually a few times in this film. Do you have a guess for who I am talking about? Okay, are you talking about the guy in like the cowboy hat Mm -hmm. who likes to surf? Do you know who that was? No. Who was it? Boo Radley. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So the the captain who likes to surf, Uh who wears a cowboy hat, that was Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall, Boo Radley, Will Ferrell's dad. That dad from Kicking and Screaming. Consigliere from The Godfather, the most haunted member of To Kill a Mockingbird. How is he such a, a shapeshifter? You have a thing with people being different shapes in film. And I want to say, people could wear different clothes. I, I didn't mean <laughs> literal shapes in this case. But he literally was a different shape in this one because of that stupid hat. It was so stupid. He was so weird. I hated him so much. Really? I hated that character. I also, the scene that my English teacher made us watch in high school was the scene where the American helicopters come in and he plays Flight of the Valkyrie. Ugh. And they shoot Vietnamese people. Yeah. And it's horrific, as we know, from the whole war and everything else we're saying on this episode. And that I have never forgotten that scene because it was awful to have to watch the yeah. first time and then to have to watch it the second time and be like, I know, I know, I know, I know about this. I know about this. I can learn about the war on my own. I actually don't need to watch a film to understand that people suffered. Sorry, men. Sorry. Sorry, I can empathize just by reading text and looking at historical images. Literally. What was that thing of him dropping playing cards on people? I to be like we killed them. Like it was supposed to be like a warning sign to I guess the Viet Cong. But it's like a calling card that like they were here and whatever. But like, but then you're about like to the blow Joker? up. The, like he was like, I love the smell of napalm in the morning, and I know that that was a famous quote. But that means like they're about to burn that. But like, why would you right. drop the cards also, if you're not going to leave any? They already knew you did it, so it's not like you're. Yeah, it's, warning it's not them. like it was going to be a great mystery. <laughs> the war had been guys. going on for two decades. It's not like they were like. Well, now who has come out here and done this? Who did this? Who? Hello. So I know that there was a reason for this, listeners. This movie did not tell us what that reason was. Yeah. Effectively. Because I rewinded and I watched it again. <laughs> Liana, you've asked, how many goddamn times are we going to have to hear the word hairy? The men in this film were so hairy, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, Robert Duvall, Boo Radley... Boo Radley as a fly is really the only way I can describe him. That is what he looked like. A muscular surfing fly. <laughs> was Just kept being like, yeah, it's pretty hairy out there. Anyway, time to catch a wave. What is this movie? It sucked so much. Who? No, I know who watches this because I was just at a game night the other night, brag. And I was like, I have to watch Apocalypse Now at six o'clock tomorrow morning. And a guy was like, that's such a good film. What's I good? actually watched the extended cut of it. I love it. And I was like, that's really fucked up. <laughs> that's really fucked up of you, actually. I, like, I don't think in any terms you would classify this film as a good movie. I think maybe if you're a man. Like, I I know we've been accused of being misandrists. And uh-huh. you know what? Fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> but was that not clear? I just can't. I, I cannot envision a world in which you watch this and are like, yeah. Like, I... It, 
I don't understand. Maybe it's the same as like for people who enjoy horror films, like they enjoy the feeling of fear uh-huh. because they don't experience it in real life or yeah. it's so different. But I cannot. The whole thing felt like stupid fucking art to me from the beginning when they were overlaying images with spooky music. <laughs> and I was like, I can't see anything because you put three images on the screen. You absolute idiots. <laughs> There's too many images here. Also, I know about the war. <laughs> this is not news. There is, I'm sorry, we have to, we do have to accept that this is an incredibly male film. The only women in it either get shot because they're Vietnamese women mm-hmm. or are literal playboy bunnies. <laughs> Should we talk about that scene? Yeah, let's do it. We gotta talk about that scene. That's another, this is another part where... I get, like, I get it. I'm like, you're achieving what you're trying to in that you showed how scary it is and how these guys are so, there's so much desperation. There's so much horror. The horror. They're exposed to these three ladies doing a little dance for them. And then they go crazy and try to like attack them. Yeah. It felt very Lord of the Flies in that way mm-hmm. as well. And I felt very unsettled as a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Watching this whole film because that's, it's it's so scary to watch men become the worst version of themselves. Right. And that's the thing is that it's like oh, well that's what it's trying to do. No, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know that it's doing that and I know. <laughs> I I know that. The title of this episode is just going to be Apocalypse Now. I know. We know. Apocalypse I know. Okay. Another thing that mm. is incredibly male mm. is the mofoing God complex. <laughs> Can we just talk about that for a second? Because yeah. yeah, that's what this that's what this movie's about. Uh-huh. Sure, uh-huh. that this this guy wants to be God, right? Which they don't like. I mean, they don't explain how he got this way. Marlon Brando, really? Unless he does it in that monologue that I muted. <sighs> but like when they were eating shrimp, he like they play like a recording, and I didn't, I couldn't understand him because he's Marlon Brando. Yeah, a hundred percent. No non-male could ever have a god complex Mm. all i want is fewer responsibilities i know (laughs) i am begging every day for people to stop talking to me no one perceive me do not perceive me (laughs) do not ask me for anything and being a god is the ultimate being perceived it's it's the ultimate perception Mm. you want everyone to see immaculate perception (laughs) (laughs) exactly you want everyone to see how great and grand you are right you want to be in control I want to be in control of so much less. I need to lie down every two hours. All I want is a smoothie bowl, an occasional massage for my relentless back knot. Yeah. And to not receive any texts for two full days. Oh, oh, what a dream it would be Mwah. to not be beholden to other people. Ugh, leave me alone, 2022. To want to be a god. I can't, oh. <laughs> That is, it is so, it is a very like man. They want to be legends Mm -hmm. and like girls just want to have fun. (laughs) I think, I feel like that's maybe like second wave feminism. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Girls just want to have fun, demental rights, as we know from our girl boss uh, bumper stickers. This movie also didn't make any fucking sense because Kurtz does this all, this whole long monologue about like oh the horrors that i've seen the horror the horror but also writes in his journal exterminate all the brutes and it's like i don't understand what you're going and then he kept being like will you tell my son that i was like nice yeah what was that 
I thought they were going to do a reveal that Martin Sheen was Kurtz's son. Oh. And wouldn't that have been an actual attempt at plot? <laughs> it's just like, it's so, that was like a shocking idea that you just posited because like this movie is so far from being anywhere near that. <laughs> it's so far from being interesting in any way. Yeah. It's just fucked up. At no point was I like, I'm intrigued to see what happens next. No. no. Because you know it's going to be like, somebody gets harmed, yeah. an animal gets harmed, or Marlon Brando from the shadows delivers an absolutely nonsensical speech. And then w- w- when there are these moments happening then that are like the big moments, like the big speeches, knowing that it's just some asshole doing improv, <laughs> like how dare you make me watch this Five minute long monologue. That's the other thing is like we learned from our guesting on Ridiculous History Mm -hmm. just how much Marlon Brando sucked. Uh And to know that about him. And I am remiss for not Googling Marlon Brando scandal and the other films that we've done about him. But I can't Google everything. Anyway, it's fine to know that. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Well, I'm getting heated (laughs) to know that about him. Just to know that so many people in the making of this film sucked and also i don't like francis ford coppola somebody's gonna send me a death threat for saying that but the godfather are you kidding me and then apocalypse now yeah great job this is my least favorite person (laughs) the ad breaks the ad breaks we'll be right back i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico now i'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it join me monday to friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means follow the global story from the bbc wherever you listen to podcasts I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations 
questions that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. And also, as soon as they introduced a puppy, I think I, I wrote down, I was like, if they hurt this puppy, I am actually resigning from this podcast. Yeah. We actually, and I, I didn't tell you that, but I, I genuinely would have. <laughs> so that, for me, would have been absolutely the last straw. I would not, I, I can't, I can't. I mean, there, there already was implied, like, violence against a tiger, which I closed my eyes for. And then they found a puppy after massacring innocent people in a boat. Oh, and then a water buffalo at the end gets sacrificed. I. And this is where I now need to ask you, Sienna, what happened in the last 30 minutes of Apocalypse Now? Because at that point, as soon as there was a water buffalo, I actually turned on a song on Spotify and turned it up so loud that I couldn't hear anything that was happening. And I actually stood up and turned away kind of Blair Witch style Uh from the screen. (laughs) So as to really not perceive any of what was going on. <laughs> Wonderful movie reference. Thank and you. then I Googled the film. Because didn't they actually kill it? Yeah. I mean, that was a 100% genuine scene. Like, and I was like, I don't need to watch an animal die. Did you Did you see it? Did you watch no, it? No, because I Googled it. Oh, you knew and you didn't see it? Right. I thought you stopped watching afterward. Okay. No. This makes sense. The minute a water buffalo came out, I was like, nope. I'm Audi 5000. Because okay. when I Googled the puppy, something came up that was like, who died during Apocalypse Now, the filming of? And they were like, a water buffalo. And I was like, well, fuck. Okay. I'm so glad to hear that. Because I was like, why are you so okay right now? Because it is, yeah, I am changed. And yes, I've had a very nice life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That this could change me. Mm-hmm. I hate movies. I hate <laughs> people who make them. <laughs> and anybody right now who's going... Wow, the host who doesn't like listening to violence didn't want to watch the rest of this film. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Um, screw you. You can fuck right off. Have you seen that, What guys? is wrong with you? Have you seen the shot where they actually chop a water buffalo's back and it dies and it looks at the camera to us who has paid for the movie? We paid to watch this buffalo die for a movie. It made me feel so sick. Mm. All for what? For this movie? I know. Mm-hmm. This really feels like they had the Hays Codes, then it was over, and the 60s was like, let's party it up and, and screw the Hays Codes. And then they got past that. They got that out of their system. And mm-hmm. they're like, what had we never tried to do before that actually nobody wanted? Mm-hmm. It's actually something on screen. We'll just push it. What really pissed me off about it, beyond just the animal rights violations <laughs> of this movie, is that they intercut it with Marlon Brando's final monologue where he's dying and slash getting macheted by Martin Sheen. And so I couldn't see that scene because they were also literally killing an animal 
and they kept cutting back and forth. So I literally, I muted the film. <laughs> I just Wikipedia summaried it. And then I turned around just in time to see Marlon Brando say, the horror, the horror. Yeah. Well, Liana, you're in luck. <laughs> because the end of the film was absolutely nothing at all. <laughs> the last 30 minutes or so, it's Martin Sheen being muddy mm-hmm. and upset. And in a cage, and then they, like, behead his friend. Yeah. It, it becomes really a horror film. Uh-huh. The horror film. We got Marlon Brando being a creep and a bad guy who chops people's heads off, mm-hmm. off screen. Mm-hmm. And then there's Martin Sheen being covered in mud and sad, and then there's the coked-up photographer. Yeah. And they kind of just talk to each other a few times with those exact dynamics. Nothing Over and over again. Nothing gets built upon. Yeah. Nothing gets more climactic, and then he stabs him and it ends. So if you'd saw, if you, it's all the same towards the end. Perfect. It, it was actually bad. Okay. Okay, fantastic. This is an anti-war film in the sense that after this film, I am anti-war film. <laughs> An anti-war film film. <laughs> You're so right that there's no one to root for. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody sucks so much. Yeah. I was sort of on the side of the boat captain. Yeah, I liked He always too. had the right idea. He yeah. was like, I'm not going in there. I literally can't see why would I keep driving this boat in this direction. Yeah. That is stupid. And then he died. I was so mad when he died. One thing I did think about was, do you think that the the Jungle Cruise is, was really triggering for some people? The Disney's Jungle Cruise? Because... This movie felt like Disney's Jungle Cruise. No! <laughs> is that problematic in a lot of reasons? Or in a lot of ways? I just, I just think that's incorrect. <laughs> huh. I guess I've never thought about which jungle geographically is the jungle cruise going through my honestly and this is problematic of me my first thought was like well i just don't know ecologically if it's the same jungle right so in that case like probably not (laughs) because the trees are different (laughs) i don't know i don't think it's problematic i think it's (laughs) maybe dumb (laughs) i mean just like looking for rules where i wasn't really thinking about this that hard yeah you know you know maybe i imagine in, in maybe a similar way as like Going through like a dirt tunnel wouldn't be fun for a World War One vet. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> though, exactly. But but yeah, because the the Jungle Cruise ride includes like a tiger growling in the bushes. They have the but that does see, seem quite kind of sort of very specific to this film. Like I don't know that everybody who served in Vietnam right that's just saw a tiger really wanted a mango and then or, encountered a tiger. You know what? That's a good point. <laughs> I'm thinking about just this movie. But maybe for the cast of Apocalypse Now, yeah. the film Jungle Cruise and the ride would be extremely very... triggering. And we'll, we'll have to ask Martin Sheen when we have him on the pod. <laughs> I did think a potential different title for this film uh-huh. would be Pirates of the Caribbean Worst Ever Vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, it is like a cruise movie in a way. It's a cru- it's a boat movie. It's about colonizers, which Pirates of the Caribbean, if you rewatch it after taking classes on colonialism, you're like, oh no. One of my last notes is a quote from the film. I think Martin Sheen's character, whose name is Benjamin Willard? <laughs> I have no maybe, idea. Maybe Willard? Uh, who knows? Anyway, Martin Sheen's character says, as a narrator... Even the jungle wanted him dead. And I said, it's me. I am the jungle. Please, everybody in this movie, die so I can leave. I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) That's the point where I wrote, is this 
A noir. He narrates for the whole film. Was it because it got really dark? Yep. They were playing with shadow. Yep. Playing with shadow, by the way, by having Marlon Brando's bald head dip in and out of pitched blackness. That was insane. That also pisses me off so much knowing how much of this is improv that I'm like, this is a very like interesting visual setup that you've made. And I know that it was all an accident. Mm -hmm. It is now time to attempt our segment (laughs) badges and tragedies in which we award what is usually a film badges for things that didn't make us want to rip our eyeballs out and tragedies for starting this podcast in the first place. (laughs) I'll say it right away to get it out of the way because there's, well, whatever. Okay. A badge for effective film, dot, 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 for a time. Mm -hmm. And by for a time, I mean for about 40 minutes of the movie when it was like showing boys hurting each other in Vietnam Mm -hmm. before it turned into a puppet show or whatever. (laughs) In the the worst way. (laughs) Your least favorite kind of a puppet show. I have a badge for the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack, I thought the music they chose was effective. I'll give it that. I have a badge for that it's a beautiful country, the Philippines. (laughs) Badge for being told you need to do something and lying down. (laughs) This is right at the beginning after Martin Sheen's side peen has been out. And the two people come to his room and they say, we've got a new mission for you. And he (laughs) goes, oh, and he lies down. Relatable. Relatable. (laughs) I have a badge for, am I allowed to give a badge for a cow in the sky? That made me sad. I know, because that cow's not going to be okay. And they're taking it from a village where they just killed everybody. Yeah. Are they going to eat it? That's the best case scenario. I don't know what else they would do. This is the thing in which, like, every living creature suffers in this movie. Which I get, again, they did a good job. Like, that's war. But Jesus Christ, the problem with it is that they made this movie in the 70s and you just know that those animals were not being protected. Exactly. That's the thing is that it's like you're really doing it. It feels like you're watching more uh, a documentary. Like that's what makes it feel like such a nightmare is because you're just watching a, a filmed thing of an actual creature actually suffering. That's why it's not a movie. Right. Yeah. It's like a live stream. That's horrendous. It's so awful. Oh, I hate this movie. Badge for a timeline with years and locations. Oh. This is when they're going down the river and Martin Sheen is reading the file on Kurtz and he keeps saying what year and where Kurtz did what. And I said, thank you. I was very grateful. Final badge. Badge for trying to kill the guy who got you into this mess. This is when the boat captain gets killed with a spear that gets thrown at him. Uh, and Martin Sheen's like, oh my God, no, you die. Like, oh no. And the guy's like, this is your fault. So I'm going to try to spear you with my spear that's in me now. And I thought, good for you. I wrote that too, actually. Mm-hmm. That is a good badge. Mm-hmm. Trages. Okay. Um, first trage. I don't understand war. <laughs> I don't get it. That makes war movies so confusing. They're never trying to explain how war works in these movies. They just Mm. throw you into it. Yeah. Yeah. Tratch for harming a tiger, which I don't actually know if that happened, but it seems like it did. I think you can really assume that anybody here was harmed. Even the main actors that we saw, they were all... Everybody suffered. (laughs) A tratch for butchering an ox alive on screen. Uh uh Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in a, a film. Yeah. 
Trad for a literal Playboy bunny helicopter. <laughs> and the fact that the only women you see on screen are either murdered or objectified. They have a Playboy thing on the helicopter? The logo was on the front of the helicopter. So we now know they had to paint that. <laughs> and then and then the Philippines needed that helicopter back to go fight conflict. And the rivals that they were fighting were like, why is, why is there a Playboy helicopter coming toward us? What do we do? I wonder if that's actually really effective. How do we fight them? They're like, hubba hubba? (laughs) Putting down my guns. Oh my God. The centerfold is imminent. (laughs) I don't know what to do. A trage for this movie was actually moving and then you ruined it. Yeah. A trage for the coked up photographer. I hated that guy so much. He just kept talking and he didn't need to. That's cocaine, baby. Trash for killing the black characters first. Out of the five main characters on the boat, the two who were killed first were the black characters. And I was like, that is literally such a trope in horror films, which this is one of them. It, it's so frustrating to see that over and over and over again. Right. It was also literally annoying because it was like Lawrence Fishburne, who <laughs> yeah. I would have liked to watch more. <laughs> he gets taken out while we were hearing something from his mom. Like, yeah. this is the first time we got to have a mom present, even in voice. 100%. All the white dudes who were still on the boat, like, they didn't have anything interesting to bring to the table. Like, right. they weren't getting recordings from their moms. <laughs> and they weren't Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen any of those actors before in my life. Or since. A trage for not quite a movie. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what this was. I've said it before, and I will say it again. If you make something that I physically cannot watch, that is not a good movie. <laughs> it's not a movie at all. No. If you've made something that is so horrific to be unconsumable, there's no point to it. A trage for, inevitably, our mentions on Twitter after this episode. Because I know people are going to come in and say, here's actually, I'm, I'm really surprised you didn't list this fact about the war. Like, it was actually really bad, and you didn't say this. And also, um, the movie's actually really good Um, if you actually just, like, open your eyes and your ears and watch a, a water buffalo get murdered in front of you. Like, that's actually really good cinema. I think this is a perfect transition into our next segment. How to pretend you've seen this film. <laughs> I think I actually did some of those lines just now. <laughs> this is... <sighs> this is the key segment for you today, our listeners, because you just... This is going to happen to you. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen to As us. As this film happened to us, this situation will happen to you, in which you are at... You are on the Jungle Cruise ride in Disneyland mm-hmm. and the tour leader of it. Oh, yeah. Whose name is yes. G. Lucas. Oh, yeah. Whose name is G. Lucas <laughs> is leading you down this Jungle Cruise and is saying, you know, we are not the first to put the sound of a tiger behind some bushes. That actually first happened in the perfect film Apocalypse Now. And I, of course, am talking about Apocalypse Now, the final cut, which famously is not Apocalypse Now, redux, whatever that fucking word means. This is the third time that Francis Ford Coppola cut the film together and said, now it's perfect. Famously, it is 20 minutes longer than the original cut of the film. Have you seen it? And in order to cut G. Lucas's unconventional stand-up routine... Um, short. Here are some things you can say to pretend you've seen the film Apocalypse Now. You know, G. Lucas, I think it's really, really cool how the film's name comes from the fact that 
a war-torn country can create sort of pockets of apocalyptic existence the way that Marlon Brando and his cult lived at the end. It was sort of a miniature apocalypse. Um, That's just like really awesome and cool and um, totally made the whole movie worthwhile. Liana simply looks like she's going to (laughs) cry. Gee, Lucas, I just have so much respect for somebody who can't do their job unless they take cocaine because somebody who's like i feel like this actor this character should seem like they're on cocaine but i'm not talented enough to pretend so um can i just have one ounce of cocaine gee lucas and i feel like you're supposed to continue moving this ride along we've been stopped we stopped here we've been stopped next to this waterfall you have a surfboard (laughs) gee lucas gee lucas stop it stop it no put it away It's really very fascinating for me as a woman mm. to watch this film about a dumbass god complex. It's not like that's what every film is about. Wow. Incredible. That's new. Now let's move away from this hellscape. With our segment, Should You Watch This or Wonder what the answer is going to be. In which we tell you if you should watch this film or if you should get the hell out of here. Save yourself. Save yourself. I am back where we started of should you watch this or should you watch 1917, baby? Never ever watch the film Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse not happening. No, no. Apocalypse, I do not have time for this. 1917 shares many, many qualities with this film, except that it is good. We got white boys mm-hmm. running around. Mm-hmm. We got the horrors of war. Goes up a river. Goes up a river. Slash down a river. Mm-hmm. Is in a river. We got bodies strewn about. We got running. And we got flares. Oh. It's so it, it's so much better. <laughs> yeah. We've come a long way with war films. Yeah. Because now we let women be involved <laughs> in them. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, guys, you do not have to watch this movie. <laughs> Never ever. Don't get anywhere near this film. It's so stupid. The end is so dumb. If you ever watch it, I swear to God, if you accidentally watch it, just don't watch the end. It'll ruin. Just let it be whatever it was. If you got like a portion of the middle and it meant something to you, that's all you're going to get from that. So run as soon as anything was moving to you from this movie. I think instead of watching this, you could watch the movie Da (laughs) with Martin Sheen. Mm -hmm. I really don't remember much about it at this point, but I know it's Irish. He... Da is his dad. Sure. You could watch anything else yeah. and it'd be better than this. Um, but I remember that being, you know, a good, a better use of Martin Sheen. Mm. hmm And I don't think he had a heart attack during the filming of that one. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. Wow. This experience was terrible. This, I was reminded of your words about 2001 A Space Odyssey, which were, this absolutely sucked. <laughs> from start to finish, from tip to toe. <laughs> <laughs> From one side of the peen to the other. Martin Peen. <laughs> Sienna, how would you rate the film Apocalypse Now? Point two. Um, oh, God. The I know. Literally every object in this film is horrific. So cursed. Oh. A point to those shrimps from that small feast they had out of five. There are so many other things that I can watch to learn about the Vietnam War. And also, it's so stupid that 
the people making this like didn't try very hard on a lot of key parts of this movie, such as the script. <laughs> How about you, Liana? How would you rate this film? I give this film zero repainted helicopters out of five. It was atrocious. I could not consume most of it. It was unwatchable. It was poorly presented as a story about Vietnam and the horrors of it. It was an uninteresting adaptation of a novel that fucking sucked. So there you have it. <laughs> this has been Toss Popcorn's episode on Apocalypse Meow. Apocalypse Never Again. Oh. Apocalypse Meow. <laughs> Maybe. This is one of those juicy ones that we saw on the list. Thought wasn't going to be so good and was worse than I thought. I know. We were unbelievably correct and had not even scratched the surface. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. Tune in next week when we will be watching The Maltese Falcon. Kaka! <laughs> Thank you. We love you. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. I shouldn't have to watch this. I have rights. <laughs> yeah. But we don't. We sign them away. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.